Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Today, we'll talk about whether the number one seeded Ravens and 49ers should rest their starters in the final week of the regular season. We'll also talk billionaire owners throwing temper tantrums and drinks at people. What planet are we living on? And we'll make sense of the playoff picture, especially in Pittsburgh, BMAC. Somehow, there appears to be a quarterback controversy. On what planet, again, are we living on where three backups are having quarterback controversy? We'll talk about that. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Brian McFadden. That's Lee Doosable. Two longtime NFL players and me. How we doing, guys? Man, Good. can't complain. Can't complain at all. A lot to talk about as you discuss, Rye. Um, be interesting to hear what you guys have to say about the Steelers and the quote-unquote quarterback controversy. I don't think there is a controversy needed to be had, but it'll be interesting to get you you guys' point of view. All right, before we get to that, BMAC, we'll save that to keep people interested. But I, I want to talk, I want to talk, start with this. You're a proud Florida State alum. Keep your face straight now. How do you overcome? <laughs> how do you overcome a sixty-three to three whooping by the Georgia Bulldogs and that aren't well? What is going on? Oh, well, I'll tell you the truth, man. I did not expect to see a lot. My expectations were extremely low, and it wasn't just about the guys that opt out. What what people didn't hear about was a lot of the other starters were having in uh, sur- surgeries. You know what I mean? Mm, Getting yeah. ready for the offseason. So what happened was. A lot of the players that played in that Orange Bowl was either third or fourth stringers. That's why you yeah. saw so many true freshmen thrown into action. And you can say whatever you want to say. It was the Orange Bowl, not a playoff caliber t- game. But Georgia played at least 90% of their guys. Because, they, <laughs> yes, they had some opt-outs. Brock Browers opt-out. Mims opt-out. Everyone yeah. else pretty much played. Yeah. Carson Beck. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Und- a lot of their starters were underclassmen. Yeah. Carson Beck probably would be a first-rounder last year. He played. Yeah. Uh, Lad McConkey, the best yeah. pass catcher outside of Brock Bowers, he played all, all three or four of their running backs played mm-hmm. defensively. Yes, they lost the linebackers to Kentucky, but they were loaded. I mean, he ended, when he got hurt, a true freshman jumped into the lineup anyway, midway through the season. They didn't miss yeah. a beat. So for <laughs> us, you talked about, you know, how lopsided the game was. I mean, Leger, you know how it was. when As a true freshman, if your first time seeing significant action was against one of the best teams in the country loaded with pro, pro prospect at the pro prospect, you're going to go through some growing pains. That's an understatement because I can remember my freshman year, right? We traveled to Madison, Wisconsin, right? 83,000. I've never seen that. You know, it was Florida, Florida dudes. Like football is big here, but it's not like where it's Texas where 30,000 people show up at the game, right? You might get a couple thousand here and there. And if it's a rival game, maybe max out at like 10 KB max. So like, Going to Wisconsin, my true freshman year, first game, and that jump around comes on. I was like, yo, what is this? Right. Look so at I that producer Harry knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine like what those true freshmen what we're dealing with, you know, playing against Georgia in that scenario, especially when they haven't played all year long. To, to your point, B Mac, I didn't expect a lot. I didn't expect 63 
to what was the score like eight or something like that? I didn't expect no, they only that. Scored three. Only oh, three. Good yeah. lord. So it, it, it uh, was it, it was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. But, but I'll say this Cole Jay. If it, if it was the other way around, if our starters, if our uh, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson Correct. played against their threes and fours, it'd probably be the same thing as well. Jared That's Verse, right. could you imagine Jared Verse going against a true freshman left tackle or, or a guy who really hasn't seen a lot of a- action? Right. Yeah. Like, so it, it it was a tough spot to be in. But I mean, thirteen and one is not a bad year. I mean, a lot of universities would, would love to have a thirteen and one type scenario record wise. Um, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna tap into the recruiting trail once again. We got some guys coming in. It just was it wasn't just about the guys that opt out, man. We had a lot of guys that had season ending surgeries, yeah. like right hey, after the Tatum Louisville Bethune. game. Yeah, yeah, Tatum, Tatum Bethune, yeah. um, Joshua Farmer, who wasn't even a starter defensive tackle, but he was third in the rotation, you know, Fisk. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of guys that were there but didn't participate because you know they're dealing with injuries. By the yeah. way, if uh that score had been reversed. Danny Cannell will still be peacocking oh, around town on Twitter. <laughs> He's still going strong right now. Good he is Lord. not afraid. Hey, I'll, right, I'll right. I know. I know yeah. we got to move on, but I just want to hear what BMAC thinks about you guys getting DJU. Oh, let me ask. I was gonna set that up. So BMAC, yeah. you guys get G- DJ Uyunglele coming from Oregon State by way of Clemson, and then you can follow it up, Lee J, with uh, the the Arkansas kid KJ Jefferson coming over to UCF. So oh, uh, BMAC, yeah. BMAC, you start, and, and Lee J, you finish up. I mean, I'm I'm happy we got an experienced quarterback because, you know, one thing about college football, if you don't have an experienced guy at the quarterback position, going to struggle. Ask Ohio State, Mm. right? Ask Ohio State. They threw that true freshman into that fire. That offense was a bit stagnant. You know what I mean? So (laughs) having an experienced guy come into Tallahassee along with some of the younger quarterbacks to get an opportunity to learn from because we threw Brock, Brock Glenn into the fire, another freshman. Uh, the lights were too bright for him. So he gets an opportunity to learn from an experienced guy. So I'm happy. Man, right. KJ Jefferson, to me, that, that was the biggest win out of everybody in the transfer portal. When you look mm. at guys like Riley going to Notre Dame, I think KJ Jefferson was a guy going into the season. I think a lot of people thought he would go on and go into the NFL right now. They had probably the hardest schedule besides South Carolina this year. When you talk about who they had to play week in and week out in the SEC and he dealt with being banged up a lot this year yep. and no continuity in the run game for Arkansas. But, Sanders was hurt for much of the season. Yeah, season. exactly. So w- when you look at what KJ Jefferson has done in totality, he's a perfect fit for this, you know, Malzahn, Henshaw offense, big body quarterback that can, that does have some mobility, but he has the big arm. And the thing that's not talked about enough is the offensive weapons that are coming back. A lot of people thought J- Javon Baker, who he still may declare because I heard he may have gotten the third or fourth round look at NFL scouts in regards to maybe leaving Cody, uh, Kobe Hudson's coming back. RJ Harvey, the running back, is coming back. So imagine those that three-headed monster with KJ Jefferson. I think that's why a lot of people in Orlando are excited. And a lot of people are saying they have a chance to win the Big 12 this year. I'll say this. Like I know the transfer portal causes a lot of headaches for people in the colleges, the coaches. I love it in terms of because it's just like madden in terms of you getting your favorite player with some crazy trade <laughs> or some dude with NIL money can get that guy there. So all right, I'm glad we could end on a happy note given how things ended for the Seminoles. And Danny Cannell will keep us updated on any future comings and goings, B-Max, so we, we can uh, rest assured about that. All right, let's move to the NFL. Both you guys played long time in the NFL. And I'll ask you, B-Max, because I know, let's see, the 2005 team had to make a comeback, that Steelers team. They had to go through the wild card. I don't know if you ever – the 2018, did you guys get a bye? Yes, sir. Okay, so 
What was the thought process? I'll ask you in that final week of the season. I don't know if you needed to play that final week, but what was Tomlin's thinking as you prepared to get ready for the playoffs, knowing that you were almost certainly going to have a chance to rest? Uh, that final week, I think we played Cleveland, and uh, 31-0 oh, was boy. the score. Um, yeah, 31-0. And basically, the starters played, but he, Mike Tomlin was, was telling all of us, like, listen, there's no need to play around. Um, we want to win, most importantly. We want to get you guys involved, get the blood flowing a little bit. But let's come on out, let some of the young guys get in into the lineup and let them take it from there. And that's what we did. We started with, with a fiery, jumped out early. I think our offense scored the first drive or the first two drives. After that, it was like a preseason game, Leger. Everyone came out, yeah. right? <laughs> and the young, younger, younger guys got, got in and, and went to work. You went to work. Yeah. And, of course, for Cleveland, they had nothing to play for. So that's another thing, too. When you talk about playing against a team that has nothing to play for in the final week, if you jump on yeah. them early, they're getting cruise right. control. Because oh, the last thing – yeah, the last thing veteran players want to do, especially when you know your season is done after this game, is to go off into the offseason with an injury that you mm-hmm. didn't have before that final game. So they're in cruise control. They try to protect their body and try to get out scot-free so they can enjoy their offseason. So – for us, we, we played, but we didn't play the full ball game. And I would love to see exactly the mindsets of teams like San Francisco and Baltimore, who have everything locked and loaded, how they will handle their starters because they have two weeks off. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, I know just knowing Kyle Shanahan and playing for him, he's not going to put anybody at risk, right? Now, the thing is, we know this 53-man roster, 47 dress, and then you'll get a couple other guys that can dress uh, via call up from practice squad, right? So you're thinking about it, your roster is only going to have about 49 guys, right? Then you yep. got the emergency third quarterback. So you can't rest everybody, right? Because that is going to be an issue. You don't want guys essentially treating this like a preseason game where guys you're going to rely on, like the third defensive tackle or third defensive end. Not only is he doing special teams, but now he's got to take every starter at because you put him at risk for getting hurt. So It'll be interesting to see. I, I know Kyle Shanahan, they already said Chris McCaffrey's not playing. It'll be interesting to see with, you know, Brock Purdy dealing with the stinger. Does he sit him down as well? And maybe a George Kittle and a Trent Williams, they sit them down. But I could see Brandon Ayuk still potentially playing Debo because he's dealt with injuries. They probably shut him down as well. They may dress these guys just in case they get dinged up too much, right? But majority of the, the frontline guys probably won't play. But the thing is, there's only eight spots in regards to shutting guys down that you can use. Yep. So you got to account for guys that are actually injured as well, too. So a lot of these frontline guys will play now. John Harbaugh, right, looking at what they've done in the past and just knowing his mentality, I think the starters are going to play at least hey, in court. Hey, let me set that up for you because that's a, yeah. that's an interesting point. So they yeah. were 14-2 and two in 2019. That was that's what I was going to bring up. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> – so they were 14 and two. They played BMAC Steelers and they won with RG3 versus Duck Hodges. And they yeah. didn't play a lot of dudes. And then they were dead in the water when they played the Titans. Correct. And, and I think, and that's a perfect setup, right? I think that's in the back of their heads, right? That the year that they had in 2019, Lamar wins the MVP, they're the number one seed. And then they get boat raced at home, right? Because if you think about it, if they rest everybody this week, that's essentially almost three weeks off before they've played a game, right? So honestly, knowing John Harbaugh, and then on top of that, right? BMAC, you know this. The last thing you want is a divisional foe to get into the playoffs. I know they know they're playing you and Rod Steelers, but that's Mm -hmm. the last thing you want, a team that's in your division that knows you, who you already lost to this year. So it would not surprise me if Lamar Jackson and the starting offensive defense play at least the first quarter, and then I believe Hunley will come in the game probably in the second quarter just 
just because you don't want to be that rusty for three weeks before playing a playoff game where it's do or die, win and go home. I think Harbaugh will actually play the starters for at least the first quarter. Yeah. Did you have any fear about being rusty, BMAC, after sitting down for a couple weeks? No, no. I mean, that 2008 year when we had to buy, we were the number two seed right behind Tennessee. Uh, we, we, we were happy we had the bye because, you know, it was a long season, uh, mentally fatiguing. Same can be said for the physical side of things as well. So we were happy to have that off week to be able to watch football. You know what I mean? Recalibrate. Now, my rookie year, of course, when we were in desperation mode going all the way back to week 13, if we had a bye, we didn't want it because we were rolling. Behind. I mean, the way we were clicking, it was like, yes. Regular season ended, playoffs next week. Let's keep it going. We 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 needed that because we were in a streak. So I see it from both sides. You know, some teams that are playing some of their best football, you know, like prime example, Buffalo. If yeah. Buffalo wins, if Buffalo gets into the playoffs, they're in a division, you know what I mean, where they're going to be division champs. So for them, they don't need a bye because they've been playing some of their best football in the last four weeks. So that's the rhythm that is had, was established for them to be able to get into this point where they win and they're in. So I see from both sides, but 05, we didn't want to buy. 08, we kind of needed that buy just to kind of recalibrate and take our four off the gas before getting right back into playoff mode. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, BMAC, because I think that's where the Ravens are at, right? If you look at what they've done the last three weeks, I think everybody would say they've proven that they're the best all-around team the last three weeks. And you look at the, the tier of teams they've played, right? You got Jacksonville, who if they win, they're going to win their division. They boat raced them in Jacksonville. They went to the 49ers, right? Before that game, everybody thought the 49ers were the most complete team in football. They boat raced them at uh, in Levi Stadium. Then they played the Miami Dolphins at, at home this past week, and they boat raced them. So you got to think, John Harbaugh was like, man, we had not stride at the right time. We got to get our guys some work this week just because we don't want it to be that long of a layoff before they play again. You know, the other side of that story is, though, that's sort of funny. It also involves the Ravens back – I remember this, too. Back in 2003, the Steelers, that's the last time they had a losing season. I mean, Tommy Maddox yeah. was playing. Uh, they had not drafted Ben Roethlisberger. The final game of the season against Baltimore. Brian Billick, the then coach, was yeah. trying to get Jamal 2,000 yards. So he played his dudes. And, look, Baltimore won that game 13-10. to 10. Jamal went for over 100, and I think he got that that number. But it also put the Steelers in position to draft some dude named Ben Roethlisberger by giving them that yeah. loss. So you can stick it to your rival early, or you can stick it to him later. But the point is <laughs> that, and by the way, the Ravens the next week in the in the playoffs they lost the home to the Titans in that in that year too. So yeah, I, I guess the good that. news is the Titans ain't in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's always always fun to see how the AFC North in particular shakes out. BMAC, um, you guys hate the Ravens more than anybody else, or did, uh, did it depend on the year? Depends on the year. Okay. We, 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 we hate the Ravens, but we respect them. We, we hate Cleveland, don't respect them, and we hate Cincinnati, and <laughs> don't respect them there either. That, that's oh, how it goes in that you order. You Cincinnati, didn't you? Say it again. Oh, five, you respected Cincinnati? No, we definitely hated Cincinnati then because they actually thought they were better than us. You had to go there and teach them something. Yeah. I don't want to bring it to Carson Palmer stuff. Hey, please, don't, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> no, I, won't, I won't bring that up. Lige, when you were playing for Rex Ryan, was it the, was it the Patriots? Oh, without a doubt, it wasn't even close, right? Um, same thing, right? Like the Miami Dolphins and the Bills at the time, like I don't know if we just disrespected them, but we just really didn't like the New England Patriots. Like I hated the New England Patriots. And they were easy to hate. Was, 
Yeah, they, well, I mean, they they whooped us almost. Every, but the crazy thing is, when I was with New England, uh, when I was with the Jets, we split with them every year, and, and that's why Tom Brady always hated playing against Rex Ryan because mm. he just knew he was going to get him a different look, and that pressure up the middle, which has always caused Brady issue issues. That's what Rex Ryan was known for, right? There'll be plays, be like you know this. We'll have eight guys at the line of scrimmage, and it'll be a three man rush, but somebody will be scot free just because you didn't know where we were coming from. Like yeah. that's what Rex Ryan does, and the confusion that he brings to a defense. So it was always the New England Patriots. And people will ask me, even my guy Calvin Pace, who I played with, he was like, dudes, why do you hate them so much? I was like, I think Rex just put it in my head that we have no respect for these guys because they think they just better than everybody, which they were for a good portion Mm -hmm. of Tom Brady's most of his career. But we just always hated that they felt smug like that. Yeah. No, absolutely. They were easy to hate as a Steelers fan and BMAC knows this. I mean, 0-4 – the Steelers beat the Patriots. Oh, five. I think you lost at the end of that game at Heinz field. I think that yep. was a close game. I think Antoine Randall may had a fumble or something. I can't believe I remember that. Um, and then that Oh seven game when a- uh, Anthony Smith was, was talking before the game, that didn't work out too good. Yeah, I think that was Smitty. <laughs> You're not going to Tom Brady went out there and threw for about 400 yards. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, Anthony, don't talk. Don't talk. All right. Let's move on to uh, another man who probably should uh, do less talking or even being seen. Panthers owner David Tepper. I want to talk about this because at least I'll ask you first, like as a player, I mean, he's the boss. He's a dude writing the checks. And when you see that video and I think producer Harry's going to show it, you also see Scott Fitter, the GM standing there and he might as well be a statue. Cause he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he's like, I'm not making a face. I'm not even moving until the dude leaves. And then I'll figure this out. I mean, there's, that's, that's fitter in the white long sleeve shirt there, the dress shirt. And there goes to the drink yeah. and the boss leaves. There he's like, is. yep. I'm going to pretend like he ain't even there. Like how do you like when the owner the, comes to talk to you? In the, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you. I was talking to, to Rick about this as well in the podcast, Rick Spillman, and he's like, There's nothing you can do because I feel terrible for Scott Fitter. Okay, but that, that's a dude writing the checks. Is there anything like are you talking about it with your, your dudes in the locker room? Like, how do you oh, sort of I, take all this I, in I, and make sense I, of it? Man, I went to texting people right away from Carolina when that happened because I saw it and, and they hadn't seen it yet, obviously, right? Because you know, the internet is fast, it's instant. Like, that's the difference between, like, a few years ago and now. Like, as soon as something happened, it goes on the internet. So I I, I text a few dudes, and they were like, what the F is literally what they said. So, like, it's crazy to me. I've had this discussion all day long uh, over here at CBS. And the thing is, it's, it's a scenario where the players are always held to a higher standard. And, and we get it, right? Because there's only a minute amount of players be like, that can do what we do right? Or people on earth that could do what we do. Yep. Well, there's even less owners in the NFL, right? There's one of 32. So it is a privilege to buy into a team to be an owner in the NFL. So if you're going to hold your employees, the players and, and people upstairs to a certain standard, why does it seem like owners are never held to that same standard? Again, when you look at it, the $300,000 fine, was like a drop in the bucket for this. No guy. question. I think, I'll I think tell they you said this. they accounted for like 176 in real life. Somebody did the math on it. I think it depending on who you ask, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is worth between 13 or 20 billion dollars. Yeah, he's one of the math, richest that, owners in the league. That's if I'm not right. mistaken. And when you, when you do the math, it literally is like charging someone who makes a hundred thousand dollars 25 cents a quarter. That's what the like, that's what the fine is. So what is that going to do for him? Right, like that's he's writing that off. My thing is there should have been some type of suspension because. I go. I guess this is maybe pushing it far, but that's technically assault. What he did, right? When you throw a drink he, on somebody, hey, Leger, now, he threw the water on the right one. 
Because let oh, me would have been sitting down, man. My eyesight, my eyesight <laughs> ain't the same no more. I'm emotionally distressed. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm, I feel some type of way. I, 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 I would have jumped in front of the water. Say. I would have jumped in front of the water and been like, ah, was there acid in there? Yeah. Oh, but, 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 guys, think, but think about this, though, real quick on this whole Tepper situation. Uh, un- unprofessional at, his, at, his, at, at the most, right? Yeah. And you, you're an owner. One of the richest owners in the league, as you mentioned, it's only 32. And he got he got hit with a three hundred thousand dollar fine, which as you stated, Ryan, it was like a pennies. It's a quarter <laughs> to what he what he's worth. But then Big Dom from the Eagle Security, uh, he can't even get back on the sideline. That's 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 what I'm saying. It's a double standard, and I and I don't get it. My thing is there's no way he should have been allowed to be at this last home game, B-Mac. It's yeah. not only just been a fine, it should have been a suspension as well. Yeah, he should have been suspended because when you talk about the head of security for Philly, you know, it kind of got in a little tussle verbally with a player. You you removed him from the sideline instantly. Yeah. Then the following week, you said he can't go on the sideline. He has to watch it from a, uh, from, a, from, a, from, a from a box. From a box for the rest of the season. For the, and then you said for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. So... He didn't throw any water on anybody. He got in a little verbal issue with a player. I understand you can't do that. You talk about an owner threw water on people. That's disrespectful. That's yeah. something that you don't you teach your kids to not do. Correct. Like you, you threw water on people. I wouldn't throw water on my on my my, my pets. Better yet, an individual who I don't know. You might do it once. <laughs> if I'm giving them a bath, if I'm giving them a bath, I'll, I'll do that. But just in a disrespectful way, because you're mad. And he's right, mad right. because his team is getting whipped. And that's the thing. You know, Leger, you know how it is as player, players. When you go to a ball game, and even as fans, when you go to a ball game, you, you're in enemy territory. If your team right. is not looking good, fans can – they will say whatever it is they want to say. You, you got to have tough skin. Well, yeah. perfect, perfect example. There's a video that went viral of a guy walking by Mark Davis, I believe, in Vegas and literally talking crazy to him. Like he said some of the most outrageous stuff. Now, I don't know what that Jaguar fan said, but I couldn't imagine that it was worse than what dude was saying to Mark Davis. You know what he did? <laughs> he smiled, rose his drink up to him and took a sip and waved. That's what he did. That's what you're supposed to do. Like you can't have a temper tantrum because somebody is berating you and talking crazy to you because your team is terrible right now. Like that's what happens when you're the owner and your team is struggling. They're gonna find you, especially if the windows open, and yeah. they're gonna talk trash. And you once they once the, they know that you are, they, you're oh, gonna take it. They're gonna it's get the. Yeah, you have to be an adult, take your medicine, and just keep it pushing. Exactly. No question. So, by no the way. Question. um, Scott Fowler, who who covers the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, wrote about this the other day. He said, and this is no surprise, that Tepper has fired basically all the people that will tell him no. So when you're surrounded by people that will only tell you what you want to hear, you're yeah. going to get in these situations where the GM it just acts like you're invisible because he doesn't he doesn't know what to do either. Oh yeah, if you're the G- GM, best bet just be quiet, act like you don't even see. <laughs> That's right. I don't see nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing, and you know I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but there's been conspiracies thrown out there by a lot of Panther fans that supposedly if you look at what Tepper's done in the last five years right he's been through three head coaches you know they were in the running to build that facility in Rock Hill right across from Charlotte in South Carolina he pulls and yanks that the last second supposedly maybe this is him doing all this to potentially try to move the team from Carolina well he's still gonna be the owner I mean he's still gonna be crazy yeah but maybe he's just trying to 
uh, alienate the fan base there so bad where he could just move the team. <laughs> Man, that, that, is, that is a conspiracy theory. And I'll say this, and Rick <laughs> pointed this out too. If you're Ben Johnson, you want to come coach here? Oh, yeah. no. Ben Johnson ain't going there. He's, he's going to have to pick up the litter. He ain't going there. Right. That's the, I mean, you know, there are only 32 organizations, right. only 32 owners, only 32 yeah. jobs, but that's not the one yeah. you may want. If yeah. we give you're not, a year, the Panthers will there. not get a noteworthy <laughs> head coaching candidate. They got to get someone who's just wanting to be a head coach. Yeah. They're not getting the guy who, like Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, Belichick, they're not getting that type of guy. I mean, Jim Harbaugh would last four hours at that place, given the way yeah, he, he likes yeah. to do things and the way things. Yeah. That... So, all right, all right that, that was Crazy Town USA number one. Crazy Town USA number two, we're going to go back. It is the responsibility of the player to be sure that change in status is clearly communicated to the referee by both a physical signal with his hands up and down in front of his chest and to report to the referee his intention to report as an eligible receiver. So I love that they got Davo Sweeney reading the rules so we all understand. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what's hilarious about that video, Rye, is earlier they showed the Detroit Lions doing it the proper way in the same game. So it was almost like a dig at the Lions. They sent this video out to all 32 teams. They showed the Detroit Lions doing it the proper way, and then they showed that clip in regards to saying that you need to do it properly as far as the hand gesture on your chest and making it clear and clear for the ref. But one thing you notice on that video – it's like the ref is kind of moving away from the players as they're talking to him. So was this a, a situation where he was just used to seeing Dan Skipper report most of the game and, and he just assumed that it was Skipper while the Detroit Lions were trying to be have some gamesmanship and confuse the Dallas Cowboys, but they actually confused the ref. Right. Hey, B-Mac, yeah, let, me, be slick. let me ask you, B-Mac, this, and Leje, you can follow up too. But does it make sense for the Lions to try to confuse the defense because the official has to come over and tell you guys anyway who's eligible? So thank you. Yes, it doesn't make sense. That's why it didn't ever make sense. Me, me and Legit, <laughs> we on the defensive side together. All right, we're getting ready to get in the huddle. Once that the, the the tackle eligible comes in, the referee acknowledges who who is eligible. He comes to All us right. and say, "Hey, seventy four is eligible." So now we're going to echo that. Oh, we can not that. <laughs> yeah, we, we hey, hey, 74, 74, 74. And that's more it mostly it's important for the second and third level guys. Leger, he's still rushing the passer. But for us in coverage, right? Linebackers, guys in the secondary, we gotta echo that. Hey, remember 74 is eligible. So now we gotta we gotta play the formation as such. So for them to try to finesse and confuse on uh, um, the cowboys, nine times out of ten, they probably didn't see two guys running to the referee anyway. Because we're looking to the sideline, either waiting for our signal or yeah. we waiting for our caller, whoever has the mic and the helmet, to kind of get us together. So we didn't even see, we, we we usually don't see that. Let me yeah. ask you this as a follow up though. So Skipper had been eligible earlier in the game throughout. Never had it been Decker. Would that be right. a, a confusion point for you guys if you thought it was usually going to be Skipper? Well, no. But my, my thing is like like B Mac was saying at the end of the day, the ref has to come over the mic and announce that. And the one thing on defense, it's all about communication. So like yeah. B Mac said, we're going to reiterate that. Right? We're going to say it multiple times. Hey, sixty eight is eligible. Sixty eight eligible. And B Mac, I know you said it, it's it's really important for the second and third level guys. But as a defensive end, if we know that a new guy is eligible, oh, best believe we're getting hands on him at the line mm -hmm. of scrimmage, right? Because what they usually like to do, right, is what they did. They check release right there, right? So he'll act like he's blocking and then go. Well, a lot of defenses, if that guy's eligible and the defensive end makes contact with him, sometimes he owns him man. So, like, if I'm a defensive end and I know that guy's eligible, I'm trying to wash him all the way down to the center. Like, you're not getting off the line of scrimmage at gotcha. all. So, yeah. 
that's the thing. That's the, they try to confuse the ref, but they end up, I mean, confuse the Cowboys, but they ended up confusing the ref because yeah. I think I saw it somewhere. It might've been Emmanuel Acho. He was saying, what if the Cowboys didn't guard Decker on purpose because he wasn't eligible, right? Because if he's yeah. not eligible, that, that, he can catch that, all the passes yeah. he wants. Catch that, all the passes the he wants. It's an illegal yeah, because play. <laughs> for the Cowboys, Skipper was the guy who they were told was eligible. So no right. question, 68 was going to be open because he wasn't supposed to be, he wasn't the eligible guy. He wasn't right. the guy that was communicated to them as the eligible guy. And I know, BMAC, I think we talked about this after the game. Here's what I, let me tell you, get, get what your, thought, your thoughts are, Lee J. It felt like to me after that all went haywire and they kept going forward on, on uh, fourth down or whatever it was and kept getting farther away from, both of you guys shaking your head. Here's what I said, and I said this to Rick too. I said, it felt like Dan Campbell was saying, listen, it's us against them. In this one game, we're going to be the third seed or whatever, so we're just going to keep going and prove ourselves. And Rick said, if that was a playoffs, it would have been different. Facts. Facts. I, I don't. Facts. But the thing is, I don't. I don't. B Mac, this is who he's been the whole year. Like I, when yeah, they, when they cross the fifty, like if it's fourth and less than four, he's going for it. No matter what, well, that's who Dan Campbell has been. Hey, hey you, the, if you go back to his presser, remember he said the reporter asked him about going for it even after the penalty. When, um, and he said, I told my guys during that drive, we're going to score and we're going for two. And I wanted no to keep my what. word. No matter they, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it, <laughs> so I mean, now, it's, it's baffling to me because, like, they still were in contention for the number one seed. Like, I don't know if he was thinking yes. about that in the back of his yes. head. Like, Dude, yes. you can still be the number one seed. Like, yes. because you like, did that, now San Francisco gets to rest an extra week. <laughs> yeah, because because of your video game-like mentality. And also, too, I feel like, I don't know how you guys, how you felt, but watching that game, if it went into overtime. Oh, I like the Lions. Detroit had momentum. No question. <laughs> Especially no. if they got the ball first coming out of overtime, you know, winning the coin toss. They had momentum. You saw how easily they went down the football field and scored. So, Correct. listen, when the, the, the play was, was called back, the, the, the eligible confusion led to them calling it back. You move back. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Let's, let's, because they got bailed out from an offside penalty from Parsons. Michael, That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, I'm like, when that happened, you move back. Okay. Forget what I said, guys. I know we were supposed to go for it, but because this penalty, I'm going to coach the game the right way, coach the game the right way, kick this field goal, and let's go score a touchdown. Correct. Nope. And by the way, uh, and we'll go to take a break here in a second, they bailed out Mike McCarthy because he was starting to leak oil down the stretch there. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, well, let's not even forget earlier in the game they had a chance to kick a field goal when it was fourth and yep. four and they went for it. So if they just kick the field goal there, they're not even in that scenario. Yeah. Like Mike McCarthy situational coaching oh boy it's so bad oh boy oh boy it's so bad he got bailed out but not running the football throwing the football he threw the football three straight times man if it's if it's a one score game right and it's a live bet bet on the other team so (laughs) he might mess it up look uh, a one word answer and then we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about the playoffs in a second here but uh bmac if the cowboys lose in the first round is Mike McCarthy the, the coach in March? Yes. Oh, Leger. No, not at all. <laughs> you got to think, B-Mac, they've built this team up to be a championship team. That's all we've heard the last few years, right? Like, my thing is, if they weren't the number two seed, which they most likely will be if they go and beat the commanders who have the worst passing defense in all of football and already getting ready for the offseason. The only caveat to that is if Jacoby Brissett plays, I think that game is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be real. Because let's not forget last year, 
Dallas was in the scenario where they could still win the NFC East, and they lost to Sam Howell and the Commanders. Now the Eagles ended up winning, so it didn't matter. But the Eagles at the time were in a tight ball game versus and, Giants, and that game was in Washington Cowboys too, lost. right? That game yeah, was in Washington, and they said Washington too. this year too. So if Jacoby Brissett is playing, that game could get real inter- interesting. But it, I, I, I think if they're the number two seed, I don't see them losing at home in the division round. Now it depends on who they play, but I don't think anybody truly scares me. Now, the interesting thing will be, right, who are they going to be slated to play against, right? Will it be the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks? The Seahawks actually should have beat them at home the first already time, this the year. First time. So yeah. if it's the Seattle Seahawks, I could see them now. The Seattle Seahawks are awful on defense right now. Like, yeah, they are. your Steelers did whatever they wanted to up, up in Seattle. So that's the only thing. If they can get a healthier right before they play that game, but if, if they lose in the first round, I don't think McCarthy's the coach next I, I sort of lean that way, too. All right, you mentioned the playoffs, Lee Jay. I like that uh, lead in there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell you who's in and who's out in the playoffs right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's start with an easy one. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins, producer Harry's team. They've clinched the playoffs. That Bills game is going to be huge. And BMAC, they moved it to Sunday night, so Steelers fans are going to have to wait a long, wait. long 28 hours or so because they play on Saturday. Steelers need to win that game. Which is the most likely scenario? Does Buffalo make the playoffs, which means they got to beat the, the Dolphins, and that's going to make them the division champs as well? Let's start there. What, what do you think, Lee Jay? That – that Steelers game is in Baltimore, right? Yep. Yep. What are you shaking your well, head you, for? I know you guys are big <laughs> Steelers fans. I just I don't think John, John Harbaugh is not going to play his starters, man. You would have to say, just looking at the two teams and how they played this year, yes, Steelers are playing hot right now, but the way this Ravens team is played, like, yeah, I think – everybody. Yeah, I, and honestly, even with Huntley, I think they can still make some noise uh, with him at quarterback, so – I think it's going to be tough for the Steelers. The only the only caveat, right, is if he does pull them out at like in the first quarter, I think the Steelers do have a good chance. Uh, there is a real scenario that the Bills could lose. I don't see that happening either, just because Miami is kit is getting killed with injuries right now. When you talk about Raheem Mostert most likely being out, uh, Jalen Waddle being out, Tua Tagovailoa got hurt in that game. He probably could have came back and played. Um, losing both of their pass rushers, right? Bradley Chubb is done for mm-hmm. the year now. That's using, huge. Losing Jalen Phillips. And let's not forget me, Mac. Xavier Howard is hurt, too. He got hurt mm-hmm. early in that yep. game. So they're just dealing with too many injuries. And, B Mac, you know this. To make a real run at the playoffs, you got to have some luck. You got to have some injury luck, right? You got to get healthy at the right time. Buffalo is starting to get healthy at the right time. And for all the people that were talking about that defense and all the injuries it had, that defense, honestly, has been saving Josh Allen in this offense the last three weeks when you look at it, right? R- Rasul Douglas 
right, was defensive player of the week this past week. Two That's the underrated trade of the trade six. deadline. Oh, my God. Nobody was talking. Yeah. Like, people said big it was a good trade. trade but yep. the way he's played, he's dominant, been dominant the last three weeks. And Bernhard, when, when, when Milano went down, like, people were worried about him. He's played really good football as well at the linebacking position. So, if you look at this defense, I think they're top 10, like, the last four or five weeks in almost every statistical category. Meanwhile, Josh Allen last week versus New England, 50% completion percentage, bad interception. And then when they were up, he's trying to run and get a first down. He gets tackled, be back and just throws the ball behind his head like he's trying to That's reach what out he and do. get a first down. That's and he, he fumbles do. the ball. That's like what he New do. New England could have scored and took the lead with right there. Yeah, you go back two weeks ago versus Dallas, that had nothing to do with Josh Allen. That was all James Cook, right? Yep. He had 180 yep. all-purpose yards. You know, you know, you know what um, Josh Allen threw for in that game? 94 yards and a 48% completion percentage. So people were talking about putting this dude in the MVP race. I'm like, have y'all not been watching film? Like when Joe Brady took over, he he, played, he made it a conservative effort to run the football, right? And this defense has started to get healthy and they played a lot better. Josh Allen should have not been in that discussion. When you throw a, a interception 11 out of 12 games, how can you be in the MVP race? Like that. Oh, he's got as much. He's got more turnovers than anyone in the last four years, I believe. I believe. He yeah, it's won. not even close. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, B Mac. Um, I'll ask you this. So, are the Bills going to beat the Dolphins to get in? And then you can circle down and tell me what your Steelers are going to do, too. I hope Miami wins, but I, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with Leger. I, I think Miami, they're dealing with too many injuries. The key guys, man. It's it's and yes, Josh Allen has been turnover prone, but the flip side to Josh Allen, he's an a, an elite talent playing the quarterback position as he's well. He's a dolphin killer, too. Yeah, that's the flip yeah. side. If this game was happening in around one o'clock with that sun beaming on that sideline to the visiting sideline. I, yeah, but Miami, man, they're dealing with that. No, no, Chubb Phillips is Jerome Baker back? I think he's still injured as well. Out, yeah, too. He's still injured. Robin no, just came back. Yeah. yeah, no, Xavier Howard. Uh, you're playing against a team that has been in desperation, a uh, desperate desperation mode going back four weeks ago in Buffalo. Yeah. So I hope Miami find a way to uh win this ball game, but if I had to put something on it, I'll take Buffalo because they're the healthier team. It is and funny how the, the Dolphins struggle against good teams, and it, it's hard to put your finger on why because that offense is so explosive. But unlike the Ravens, which that offense travels and that defense travels, it feels like the Dolphins somehow hit a rough patch when they would go up against teams that are, that well, are just a, a little it, better. It's, 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 it's this. When you see teams struggle against a certain type of team, it, it boils down to them not being physical. Them not being able to win the game in the trenches. When you talk about a team like Baltimore, they their style of play will travel because they're a physical ball club, regardless of what type of scheme they're going against, offensively or defensively. They are physical in the trenches. So for Miami, they're not a physical team. Yes, they do an exceptional job running the football, but it's a finesse running style. They're not coming down powers and, and leads and things like that. It's more perimeter pulling guys and kind of using motion and they kind of manipulate your eyes a little bit. Yeah. And of course, Dallas, yeah, it, it, they try to manipulate you. Baltimore is coming down, down the teeth. You know what we're going to do. You know do. what it is. <laughs> yes. And they play the same way on the defensive side as well. So you talk yeah. about style makes fights. It's like that in the game of football. So for me, it's Miami. If they can come down the teeth of, Baltimore, of Buffalo's defense, that's where they're vulnerable. I like Ed Oliver, but he's a bit undersized. 
You know what I mean? Sometimes he can kind of get lost in traffic a little bit. Linebacker-wise, with no Matt Milano, the same can be said. Those guys can kind of get lost in, in traffic. But if you're trying to hit the perimeter where they can just run, they're going to be successful. So right. in transitioning to Baltimore and Pittsburgh, number one, if Pittsburgh would have just beaten the Colts or oh, Arizona man. or New England. <laughs> or the Patriots. New England. That's right. Yeah, or, or the, they wouldn't be in this in this scenario. The, be this in conundrum. already. Yeah, they wouldn't be in this conundrum right now. If they would have started Mason Rudolph two weeks prior, two weeks earlier, they would be okay. They wouldn't have to worry about anything. Now, they got a window shop. They got to look outside their window and see what's going on <laughs> and it's hopefully get in the playoffs. But I'll say this, though, Leger, one thing I know about Baltimore and Pittsburgh, even with Lamar Jackson, with all their stars, they struggle against Pittsburgh. They, do. they, do. they struggle they against they Pittsburgh. They lost earlier. This year. Yeah, they lost yes. earlier. Yeah. It is something about those those teams where both coaches will emphasize this. We know them extremely well. They know us extremely well. So it's almost like who's going to be the most physical team. And TJ Watt, he loves two quarterbacks in the AFC North. He loves <laughs> Joe Burrow and he loves Lamar Jackson. He got rid of, yeah. he got rid of Joe. Lamar's left. <laughs> yeah. They, so I, I, that's why I don't think they play a full game. I think they play a quarter, maybe a half, the yeah, starters. Because because TJ Watt is something about TJ. He's always in the backfield with Lamar Jackson, and you know Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pittsburgh find a way to win. You know, All right. especially uh, LeJay, with them pulling. You got eight minutes, so we're gonna try to speed through these things. Um, and I'll say this too: we talk about that 2019 Ravens team sitting starters. You don't want to be the John Harbaugh who plays Lamar and he gets hurt either. That's oh, a conversation you don't want to have. That's the issue. Yeah. So you got to be careful. All right, let's go to the AFC South. Every one of these teams, Jacksonville, Houston, Indy, can still, still win the division. Crazy. Houston, Houston faces Indy, and Jacksonville faces the David Teppers. Uh, Lige, <laughs> who wins the division? Uh, well, Jacksonville actually plays Tennessee. They just played Carolina this last. Oh, year. sorry, that's right. Yep, yeah, you got it. Um, I think Tennessee Titans have packed it up. I think if Will Levis was playing, this game would be a little bit more interesting. But with him getting hurt and Ryan Tannehill seems like he's already ready for the offseason already. Yes, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars win this. Now, the interesting thing is Saturday we get to figure out which team from the AFC South, whether it be the Houston Texans or the Colts, who none of us probably in the beginning of the year said had a chance to make the playoffs. Two rookie head coaches when you look at Shane Steichen and also uh, my guy D'Amico Ryans, right? I'm leaning towards Houston winning this game, even though it's on the road, right? When you look at this, right? The Colts boat raced them earlier, right? They were up by 18 going into the fourth quarter. Stroud still threw for like 380, but a lot of it was garbage yardage. But C.J. Stroud coming back last week, completing 75% of his passes, I think was big just for the mental capacity of the Houston Texans, right? And the one thing about the Indianapolis Colts that we know with Shane Steichen with the RPO, they want to run the football. Well, this Texans defense has not gotten enough credit for how they've stopped the run this year. They're only giving up 3.3 yards of carry B-Mac. So we always talk about, right, styles make fights. Right, this Texans defensive front, and I know me and Ryan have talked about you know uh, them and um, Will Anderson a lot this year. Uh, he came on strong last week with two sacks as well. But if Jonathan Grenard could come back and they get them in third and long situ situations, Grenard is going to get a bag this offseason. He already had 12 and a half sacks. He missed, I think, the last few games. But we'll see if he's able to practice this week to give them a boost. I just think it go comes down to the quarterback play, and I trust C.J. Stroud a little bit more, even though he's a rookie. Garner Minshew played really well last week, right? Was efficient with the ball, didn't turn it over. They ran the ball well with Jonathan Taylor at home. They're at home this game, but I'm liking the Texans to pull off the upset. 
BMAC, let me set it up for you. Over the last month of the season, the team with the most sacks in the NFL, Houston Texans. I got 21. Yep. Number one. Number two, no one on planet Earth has once mentioned, hey, man, why did the Texans trade up to number three to get Will Anderson Jr.? Hey, no one cares. That turned out to be a, a grand slam of a trade. Correct. So that works out as well. So, BMAC, what do you think of the AFC South in terms of who wins and who gets in? I think Jacksonville wins because, as Leger mentioned, Tennessee has nothing to play for. They're just trying to get out of this ball game healthy, right? I love I love Houston. I love Houston against Indy. I'm taking the best quarterback. Having C.J. Stroud come back last week instead of coming back this week was huge. Man, he yep, didn't do a lot, but he did enough, right? Yeah, he he got his feet wet. He got his blood flowing again. So now he should be much better in this outing against the Colts than what he was last week. And he played pretty good football a week ago at home. And Will Anderson, he had two sacks last week. He's playing some right. of his best football mm. in the month of December. Amen. You know, Sheldon Rankins as well, another former yeah. first-rounder, playing great football. So these guys are hunting. They're hunting on the defensive side. So I take Houston against the Colts. All right, let's run through these real quick so we can get back and talk about the, the Steelers quarterback controversy. So we all agree <laughs> Dallas is going to win it. Yep. The, Do we? In, NFC East. Do we? Man, have you seen yeah. the Eagles play? You mean, yeah. I But my thing is, if they win versus the Giants and Dallas slips up like they did last year, then the Eagles win the division. But I, I can see I can see both teams slipping up, honestly. That is true. <laughs> let's, not, let's, let's not forget, Dallas has not been as explosive on offense the last few weeks, right? If you go back to the Miami game, right, they lost a close, low-scoring game. They lost a low uh, – they won a close-scoring game versus Detroit. And, B-Man, we know this. Detroit defense was awful going into that game. Yeah. Right? Now, CeeDee Lamb had a big day, and so did Dak. But the Detroit Lions did really well in All the red zone, right? I'll so, say like, this. For, for Jerry Jones' health, Dallas, don't screw this up. No, I don't. They if they mess around and lose the Commanders, man. oh my! And and Philly wins, they might fire McCarthy before the playoffs. That's the thing. <laughs> he might. He might get Jerry Jones might give him the David Tepper treatment and throw a drink in his face before he's no out into the street. No All right. So uh, the NFC North, we know about the Lions there. Yep. I feel like Green Ooh. Bay's next man up. I do. Too. I think they're in trouble this week because they're oh, playing the Chicago Bears. And they're Chicago one of the hottest teams. Okay. Like they were in this scenario last year with the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit, Detroit Lions had nothing to play for. Chicago yeah. has nothing to play for, but Justin Fields is still putting great tape out there just in case he, he gets is. traded. And it's not just Fields, right? It's the team. The defense, since the trade to Montez Sweat, is playing top 10 defense right now, right? So like Jalen Johnson and then Stevenson with a couple interceptions. Edwards, that linebacker. Yeah, like they played they played really good football for the last month. So to the point that Matt Eberflus got his job saved. Yeah. Also, they came out and confirmed it already. Not confirmed, but according to the report, I, I think Rappaport okay. reported. I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Right. Makes a lot of sense. All right. I'm not an Eberflus fan, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> people that play for him like him. Like they say he's a good coach, but you know, at the end of the yeah. day, it's about wins and losses. Yeah, right. And finally, man, the, the, the NFC South. So Tampa Bay wins. They win the division. They lose. Some other team yeah. was the division. Tampa not they're... losing to Carolina. No. 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 <laughs> they're not losing to the fighting David Teppers. No, nah. they're not losing. To well, the interesting thing is hey. the Saints can still get in in the wild card even if they don't win the division. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's right too. But I mean, yeah. look, that David I don't want to see two teams get in from the NFC South. I don't. No one wants that. I think it should be illegal for that to happen. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to quickly talk about the Steelers' quarterback controversy on the other side right after this. All right, B Mac. When you were at Pittsburgh, there was no QB controversy because it was Big Ben's team. We saw, you know, Charlie Batch played. We saw Byron Leftwich play. We saw some dudes come through there, but it was always Big Ben's team. Things have changed now since he retired. They drafted Kenny Pickett. Uh, he was the starter last year, for most of last year and most of this year, 
prior to injuries. I'll just say this. Joe Flacco's return since November 20th, 13 touchdowns. Ooh. The last few years, Kenny Pickett, 13 touchdowns. So it ain't like he's been setting the world on fire. You've talked up Mason Rudolph starting for a few weeks now, yeah. and he's looked pretty good. Now, Kenny Pickett had to come out and say, I didn't even know this was a storyline. Somewhere, somewhere on Twitter said that he was said he wasn't going to be number two. He had to come out and tell the media that he never said that. Cam Hayward has his own podcast, had to come out and say that sounds crazy to him, but he didn't, he had no, no knowledge of the actual comings and goings, but it didn't feel like a Kenny Pickett thing. Did you ever have any sort of controversy in the locker room that Mike T had to handle? Because it feels like that's uh, something he would squash pretty quickly. No, nah, not really. Uh, you know, we've always had an easy float when I was there. Nothing really internally that was an issue that kind of got outside to uh, media. What Right now, this story, I can tell you this much. Um, if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore and Mason plays the way he played the last two ball games, and they get into the playoffs, Mason was starting the playoffs. He has to. Yeah, he he was. I don't, even think that's, I don't even think that should be a discussion to be talked about. Like, what are we talking about? You I go, agree. You go with the hot hand. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, so but, but so the stubborn. thing is, though, what what happens now is if that scenario becomes a reality, guys, in the offseason, now you really have a quarterback issue. You need to oh, have one. Sure. You need to have that conversation, yeah. though. You 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 for do. Sure. You 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 have one. So you you invested a first rounder in a guy two years ago, who played okay in 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 in, in, in spurts, but for the most part, the offense wasn't generated in doing what they were supposed to do. Now right. in comes Mason Rudolph, who's been a part of the organization since what 2019 yeah, or something forever. like that. So he understands the offense. He understands the, the way the Steelers do things. And he's experienced. He's more polished. You can tell. That throw he made when that pocket was collapsing last Sunday in Seattle, hit George Pickens on that seven cut, and he didn't Man. panic. He That was that was outstanding. You know Unfortunately, we've next? seen, we've seen Kenny Pickett get out of the pocket too soon. That's right. So Mason Rudolph not only did not have an opportunity to set his feet, I thought he was going to throw the, the speed out to Dion underneath. I said, throw it deep. And he said, I got you. And he threw it deep. I mean, that's a big boy play. Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, you know, me, that, go ahead, LeJay. Yeah, I would say just real quick, like to me, this will be interesting, right? Because we've actually seen Mason Rudolph start a couple of games for the Steelers. Like we always talk about this. Like, we know with backup quarterbacks, there's usually a three, four game window. And then they come back down to reality because everybody gets tape on them, right? So, like, is this a scenario where, yeah, Mason Rudolph is hot right now? And say the Steelers do get in the playoffs and then he just has a terrible game. Like, do they just automatically go back to Kenny Pickett or do they go back to the drawing board? You go draft a quarterback. Like, if you're picking 15th, they get in the playoffs, they won't be picking 15th. But, man, I'm telling you, if there's Michael Penix Jr. sitting there or somehow you find yourself with Jaden Daniels and you don't take him, you will regret it. Because yeah. Kenny Pickett came out of that draft class where all those quarterbacks weren't any good anyway. Yeah. And what are we doing? You got to – the thing, like, obviously, I'm a huge Steelers guy, and I love Mike Tomlin. But I, I the stubbornness, you got to admit your mistakes and move on. And if Kenny Pickett ain't that dude, like with Matt Canada, come on. we knew It took too long with that situation. Right. That's right. It took too long. All right. Let's get out of here because uh, – Lee has got more important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, boy. All right. So, look, that's a wrap. Thanks to Lee and B-Mac for joining us. Thanks to Harry for producing the course. Thanks yes, to all sir. you guys who watch and listen. Make sure to join us tomorrow for more info coverage. And while you're at it, give us a little thumbs up on the YouTube. And if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you download, follow, and subscribe to review. Thank you, folks. We'll see you later. Later.